Uh, it's great to be with you. We're talking about kingdom power in this season, and uh, we had a look at healing theology last week, and this week we're looking at uh, healing practice. Um, there's a man called John Wimber, the leader, founder of the Vineyard Movement, um, lovely guy, an amazing man of God. And uh, before he became a Christian, he said, when I read the Gospels, I fell in love with this Jesus. He said, I love the things that he did. I love the, the, the multiplying of the bread, he said. He said, I love the healing the sick and raising the dead. He said, I love the death he has been opened and the blind seeing. And he said that when I be, if I become a Christian, I want to I see that stuff. I want to do that stuff. And he thought that when he would come into a church, that this was his thought, thinking of church. They would come together, gather, have a bit of fun together. Then they'd go out on the streets and see a few people healed, see a few sick people raised, you know, dead people raised, and then come back and have lunch. He said that when I got to church, we didn't really do the stuff. He said that after a week or so, he said he, he went and talked to one of the guys at the front of the church, and he said, he said when, do we, when do we go out and do the stuff? When do we go out and do it? And the guy said, well, you, you, oh, we, we don't have to do it. You just have to believe it was done once. And John Wimmer said, that's pathetic. That's pathetic, he said. <laughs> he said, I joined up to do the stuff. He said this beautiful line. I'm quoting him all the way here. He said, when I worked for the devil, the devil let me do his stuff. <laughs> Did he let you do his stuff? But when I came to work for Jesus... They didn't let me do his stuff. And then he went on and said, it's doing the stuff that transforms lives, that changes the world. And then he held up his Bible and he said, somewhere, someday, someone needs to start believing this book. And then he says, he's preaching, and he says, I figure as well, it might as well be us. And that's what I feel like this morning. I, can't, I couldn't say it any better, so I said it in John Wimber's words. We're qualified, right? Yes. We're qualified, right? Yes. God did it in the Old Testament. We can see barrenness was broken, healed. We can see the dead were raised. We can see that plagues were sent. Leprosy was healed. And plagues were sent and they were stopped at appropriate times. We see that Jesus came in the Gospels doing this stuff, the Jesus stuff. We can read of 40 accounts of him healing another. And that's without the summary statements where it says that Jesus just, it's almost like everyone who came to him was healed. We're going to read one of those summary statements together in uh, one of the Gospels, Matthew chapter 4, verse 23. 
And it says this. This is a summary statement of what Jesus did. He said, Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. News spread about him all over Syria, and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases. Those suffering severe pain, the demon-possessed, those having seizures, and the paralyzed, and he healed them. Large crowds from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and the region across the Jordan followed him. I would take my sick friends to go and see Jesus on the back of that statement and on the back of what he was doing. And that's Jesus' primary message. He came with the kingdom. The kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom is coming. He came to usher in the kingdom. That was his primary message. And it seems as I read the New Testament that the primary marker, the indicator of that message was power encounters, signs and wonders, healing the sick, casting out demons, and seeing the sick made well. And then Jesus passed on his primary message to his disciples, to those that were following him. And as he did that, we read and we see that they too demonstrated the primary marker of healing and signs and wonders. Jesus called the 12, we can read in the Bible, and he gave them power and authority. Jesus gives ordinary people power and authority to do what? To heal the sick, to cast out the demons, to see the dead raised, and to proclaim the good news of the kingdom. And if you're thinking, well, the 12 were special, you know, no wonder they were with Jesus, and maybe they had some kind of special anointing, well, then Jesus sent out the 72, 72 other people, it seems, who weren't the disciples or not the original ones, same thing. Go and heal the sick. I've given you power and authority. And we see Peter and John in uh, the book of Acts, early doors. They are, the Bible says, unschooled, ordinary men. If you look at the original translation of that, it's um, agramatos idiotas. Like, a grammatus, I get, right? No education, no grammar school. This is my <laughs> interpretation. Idiotus isn't that hard to translate, right? <laughs> Do you feel unschooled and ordinary? But these guys anointed with the power and the authority that Jesus gave them were standing before a beggar, and they did the things that they saw Jesus do. And the beggar asked them for for money, I presume, and they said, silver and gold I do not have, but in the name of Jesus. (laughs) That was the only thing that they could appeal to. That was their power, that was their authority. In Jesus' name, get up and walk. And the man got up and walked. It's incredible. So if that's 
the primary message. And if those are the things that are the primary markers of the kingdom, my question and my burden today is, why don't we see it so much? Why don't we see it so much? Well, very quickly, I'm just going to hit two massive areas, which I'm just going to brush over. First of all, one is just secularism and consumerism that is filtered into the church. We can be getting fat in here on more of God, and it's not wrong, but that we've got frightened about taking it out there because of what the world would think and where the world is at right now. You know, we can be inoculated in here to the spiritual, to the power of God moving. Unfortunately, we see the power of God moving to a measure, don't we? But I want to see it to a greater measure <laughs> in our day and in our lives. <clears throat> Though we are Christian, I think sometimes our basic assumptions are more Western, if you like, or secular than those even out in the world. The world are actually quite open to the supernatural in many ways. They're searching for it. You only have to trawl through Netflix and see what's there. Doctor Strange's multiverse madness, Stranger Things, Buffy, Thor, Little Demon, it's everywhere. I haven't watched all of those, by the way. The unchurched seem to be more open to the supernatural and things of the spirit sometimes than the church, and it's a provocation for us. Second one is busyness and blindness. <laughs> if you read the stories of Jesus in the Bible where he's healing people, he is often being interrupted. There's a story of a man called Jairus, one of the synagogue leaders. Jesus has just come from a, across the lake, back over to the lake. Presumably he's going somewhere. And Jairus comes and says, my daughter is dying. Can you come? And Jesus was going that way. He's interrupted. He goes this way to heal Jairus's daughter. On the way to Jairus's daughter's healing, Jesus is interrupted again by the crowd pushing around him. And there's a woman there who's got an issue of bleeding. And she's been bleeding for 12 years. And he says, who touched me? And in that moment, he's interrupted from an interruption. And he takes time to heal the lady from her bleeding. And the story goes on, lovely story. By that time, the girl's dead. But she's not dead. From Jesus' perspective, she's only sleeping. And he goes on to raise that daughter's life uh, in that place. You see, we can be so head down in our lives and so busy with what we're about, Jesus sometimes wants to interrupt our lives with those that are broken and in pain around us. We want the content of revival, if you like. We want to see this stuff, but we don't always want to make the context work for us. And the context, it seems, in Jesus' model and the disciples seems to be 
on the go, wherever you are, every day, and every places. Tim looked at the theology of healing last, last week. I'd love you to go there. He answered some good questions. I'm just going to reiterate a couple of things. He looked at the thought, um, was it God's will to heal? And, and Tim talked about the, the now and the not yet. The, we have a foretaste of God breaking in, but it doesn't all break in all at once. We don't get it all in this life because there's a fullness to come. The sense that God loves to heal, but he doesn't always do so. He looked at faith, and we said that, yes, faith is important, but it's not decisive. Tim said that faith asks, and then it rests in the sovereignty of God. And I love this quote. I think, what does it mean for us? It means that we've seen some of the stuff But I think for me, and I hope for you, and I hope by the end of this talk, there's a hunger in us and a raising of our expectation to see some more. A guy called Ventner, A. Ventner, in his book, Doing Healing, he says this. He says, we too easily explain the lack of healing by kingdom tension when we ought to push through in faith. Embracing both the already and the not yet of the kingdom makes us live in paradoxes. It's learning to live and minister in the overlapping of two ages, the power of the kingdom and the resistance of this age. I love this bit. This is to encourage us. It leads to, what should we do? Persevering faith, optimistic realism, dependence on God, discerning in the moment, honoring people's dignity, taking a risk, respecting the unknown, and leaving the results with God. What a quote. Our theology, therefore, and our expectations should not be shaped by our past discouragements. It should be shaped by what we see in the New Testament. It should not be shaped by our past or our current experience of what we see of this. It should be shaped by the New Testament And by a daily walking out of us, God's people, being clothed with his power and authority and putting this stuff into practice. Jesus said that we would do, well, discipleship is being with Jesus. It's becoming like Jesus, and then it's doing the things that Jesus did. It's very simple in that respect. And Jesus said we would do greater things. That's a tough one, because the bar is already high. Raising the dead is quite high on the list, isn't it? I don't know whether it means greater in quantity or greater in quality, but either way, It means that we can see some more than what we have already. I remember going on a ministry trip to Portugal. It was the first time really that I I kind of, I'd seen healing. I'd been involved in healings, but the first time I kind of got it. And um, I was with the the previous pastor of this church. um, And we'd gone on a ministry trip to Portugal and I was learning the stuff. And... uh, 
friend, a guy out there called Nunu. We'd been playing some football the day before, as you do on a ministry trip. <laughs> it was a great ministry trip. Um, and uh, he'd injured his shoulder. It was in a right mess. And um, he was um, a sports therapist, right? At that point, I was a physiotherapist. And he came in the next day with his shoulder absolutely wrecked. And so we started to assess it as medical professionals. We had a look at it, and he couldn't raise it. He's in an awful lot of pain. And we were like, oh, man, this is bad. You might have, you know, torn your rotator cuff, and you might have damaged some of the, the ligaments within there. And, 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 now, and then I just, God kind of interrupted me. And he said, what are you doing? You're on a ministry trip. Pray for the lad. And so I just said, look, we should probably pray, right? <laughs> I'd, I'd exhausted all of my own efforts. Uh, anyway, I prayed for him. And, and he was miraculously healed. Miraculously healed. He couldn't lift his arm. And he, he was lifting his arm. And over the next day or so that we were there, he was, he was just getting better, better, better. It was remarkable. I've seen God through prayer, um, bring life from barrenness. Last two alphas ago, we saw someone healed of a, um, a foot pain, like plantar fasciitis. I've seen people's taste recovered. I've seen out on the streets a couple of weeks ago, we prayed for a guy's hand who is just numb. And as we were praying, there was, he was saying, oh, I've got some tingling. I'm beginning to feel some, some sensation. We don't know how that resulted. I've also prayed for loads of people and nothing has happened. I stand before you in several pains this morning, <laughs> as many of you will have come with pains and illnesses. Very quickly, I want to do some principles of to how we approach this, and then we'll get into how to pray for the sick. Just have a desire. Have a desire to pray and believe that our Father in heaven wants to heal. Because he does. He wants to break in. And I believe he wants to break in more. Uh, so that we might see more kingdom now. Not everything, but more. Ask for his compassion. Jesus led out of compassion. It was heart led. As he saw the brokenness of the people in front of him. Spend time with him. <laughs> And gain his heart of compassion. Because you won't but be able to. There's that welling over of God in us to help others. God uses the available and the willing. I heard of someone who asked John Wimber to come and speak to them to help them understand how to pray for the sick. And John Wimber's response was, oh, I'm not going to come until you've prayed for a hundred sick people. And what he's saying is like, you just need to put it into practice. And you will learn as you pray. Sometimes you might have a specific word of knowledge. That's a, a gift of the Holy Spirit. But it's not always required. You don't always need to hear all the details about their problem. Because sometimes any faith that you did have after you've heard that, is down in your boots. God knows where they're at. But some knowledge about them is obviously helpful. We'll come to that. 
There is no real Jesus model. I love reading about Jesus. That's the, the beauty of him. He creatively kind of moved, and he moved with compassion. He sees faith. He moves there. He touches here. He puts mud and spittle in someone's eyes. That's disgusting. Don't do that unless you have heard from God that that's the thing to do. He apparently put fingers in ears for the deaf man. There is no real Jesus model, but he was intentional. He was obviously spiritual, but he was very natural. And he wasn't super spiritual. He just did what his father was asking him to do, and he wasn't intense. You know, the longest healing prayer that Jesus prays is, take up your mat and walk. Amazing. More often, Jesus seems to command the pain to go or to command the person to come forth, to see, to get up, to be clean. Now, recognize that Jesus was Jesus, and we're not Jesus, but we're learning to be like Jesus. And the last thing, it's always him who heals. It's in his name. It's by his power, which he's delegated to us. And we always, always leave the results with him. So, how to pray. I have um, a little help for us help us pray for the sick today. I want to equip you. I want to raise your expectation, but I want to send you out with a sense of, well, that's a method that I could use, all right? And so, obviously, your context is important. Think about that. Um, But go with confident faith and with a gentle manner. And whilst there's Lots of backgrounds represented in this room and lots of ways to do this. I want to suggest a way that we could do it here. And um, if you uh, forget about this way, then just think about our culture words of honor, of authenticity, of generosity, and of courage, okay? Those are four words that we want to behold uh, as a people before God. So I've gone with fast. Um, if we could have this slide, how to pray for the healing, how to pray for the healing? Oh yeah, how to pray for the sick or to pray for the healing? Uh, fast, all right, just so you can remember, it's always good to fast as well before you pray because that can make a big, big difference. So number one, find a sick person, okay? You managed to find us this morning, do you think you can manage that? Find a sick, locate the sick person, um, Ask them what is their problem. Um, Ask them perhaps how bad it is. I'm a physiotherapist, so I might be unusual, but I like to say, if you're in pain, how is it between 0 and 10? Because it just gives a bit of an objective guide. Because after you can pray, after you've prayed, you can ask, how is it now? If 10 was hideous and 0 was nothing, What would be your pain? If they've got pain. Maybe they've got restriction. What can't you do? What can't you do? Because we want to be authentic in this, don't we? We want to honor 
God and honor. We're not looking for quick wins here. We want genuine power of God doing stuff amongst us. Perhaps get them, what couldn't you do that this problem is hindering you with? Now, I can't do that with everything. I'm well aware of that. So that's the first one. Find the person, okay? F for fast, find a sick person. Number two, A, ask. Ask God for their healing. Now, if you're praying for someone who's unsaved, you might want to explain what you're doing. Um, A good way to do that is just saying, I'm a Christian or I believe that God can heal you. Sometimes he loves to break into this world and show us his kindness and his mercy and his power through healing. Would it be okay if I prayed for you? They can say yes or no, can't they? You may or not want to put a hand on them. There is power in the laying on of hands, I believe that, but you might not want to do that in your workplace or at the school gates. And so again, it's not a a definite, but it can be helpful and you might well do that in a church context if you do it appropriately and after asking. Begin with thanks to God. I always say thank you God (laughs) for who you are and for what you're doing amongst us. Thank you that you are good to us and that you want to show us your goodness. You could thank him for being creator and awesome, that you made us and you know us. Thank God. Begin with thanks. And I particularly, if they're not saved, like to thank God that he loves them and that he is for them and he wants good for them. And then you're going to pray for healing. And I might say, come empower God to heal this person, their name. It's always good to ask them their name. Did I forget that bit? And then I may, and as I've got uh, experienced, I suppose, or as I've done this a number of times, I might speak because I believe God has given me authority and power in the name of Jesus for this pain to go in Jesus' name. I might speak to the pain, but I'm speaking to it as God is working through me, knowing that the power and the authority is not mine. And so I'm asking God to take the pain away in the name of Jesus. If there's stiffness or restriction, I might say, God, release this stiffness in Jesus' name. It doesn't need to be long. It doesn't need to be wordy. There is not more power if it's longer, if you wave your arms about, if you speak louder, if you shout at it, if you use more Bible references, though they're not wrong, or you use more spiritual language. In fact, you don't need any of that. Simple prayer in the name of Jesus. Number three, see what's happened. So find, ask, see what's happened. Ask them, how is it? If you've done your out of 10, how is it? Maybe some healing is gained, I believe this, in the action of them trying uh, an action. That's faith. So we're going to try it out. Raise your arm, you know, if that is the case. Obviously, it's not in every case. Jesus did this to the people he healed. He said, go 
and wash. He told them to get up. That was an act of faith as they rose up in Jesus' name. And then number four, take them on a journey, depending on what's happened. If they've been healed, thank God. Try to hide your surprise. No, no, I'm joking. When that guy got healed in Portugal, I was the most surprised person in the room. He was the second most surprised. If they've got healed, just don't leave it there. Say, this is, this is evidence of, that demands a verdict of God's love for us and that he's existing and present with us right now, particularly if they're not a believer. And then testify. Test, test, ask them to share it with their friends. You read that too in the scriptures. And we want to hear it in here. Why? Because it builds faith. We can encourage one another as we go for this together. If they're improved, a little bit, a little bit of healing. And if they're not, oh, let me do improved. Pray again. Some healing is great. Wholeness is better. I've seen it before. You pray a little bit, something happens. You pray again, more happens. Persevere in our prayers for the sick. But when you've done it 15 times, it's time to step away. I'm joking, okay? It's not 15. It's probably just if you've gone for two or three, depending on what God's saying to you, I would personally step back. And then the whole thing, the hard thing, if nothing's happened, okay? If nothing's happened, firstly, pray again. So there's your repetition. And then, love them. And as long as you leave them feeling loved. I often would say something like this. Sometimes healing is in an instant. Sometimes it takes some time. But whatever happens, God's for you and he loves you. And if there's anything else I can do to help you, then please ask. And you know what? Even if they haven't got healed, at least they're going away knowing that someone cares, that someone believes in their God so much that they're willing to step out in courage and pray for healing. So, my friends, let's go out and do the stuff. Here's something for you to take out this week. What I want you to do, here's the application and the action. I want you to just listen out for people's needs. Let's lift our heads from the busyness of our world. Let's listen for those that are hurting, for those that are struggling, for those that are in pain. And let's ask God if he wants us to take a step of courage and to pray for their healing. Final quote from John Wimber. He said, when we prayed for no one, no one got healed. Now we pray for as many people as we can. I think he prays for everyone he can. And some are getting healed. I'd rather go for it and see God's kingdom come than leave people in their brokenness. even if it makes me look a bit of a, of a fool or I've gone out of my comfort zone and taken a risk. I want to do the things that Jesus did. I want to see a greater day 
of his kingdom breaking in in this place. Amen? Amen. Okay, we're going to take some time to pray. Why don't we stand? I'm going to ask the band to come. Probably just the keyboard. Is there anyone in this room who's got like a a palpitations, a tachycardia type thing, and you feel it now, your heart's going a bit, not like that's been going on all morning. Is there anyone here with that? Please raise a hand if that's you. Thank you. I just want to pray for that right now in the name of Jesus. We pray slow that heartbeat, God. Come and bring your healing in that precious daughter of yours. Show her mercy, Lord, that this would not be a thing for her any longer. Pray for your power in her life, for your glory. We pray whatever's causing those palpitations and that speeding up of the heart rate, Lord, that that would be changed in Jesus' name. And we pray for wholeness to come now and health and a correct rhythm. In your name, Lord Jesus, amen. If you are sick in this place today, I'd love you to raise a hand. If you have anything at all, God wants to help us respond in faith for healing, and it takes faith, so thank you as you respond. Come on, let's keep putting our hands up. It doesn't matter if, it's a, if you stubbed your toe this morning, honestly. Or if you've got something very serious and life-threatening, they're probably all in this room. And I'm not going to pray. I want you now, the rest of you haven't got your hands up, to pray for our friends in this place. If you could leave that last slide up, please. You found a sick person. (laughs) They've got their hand up. You're going to ask about their problem, just a short sentence. Don't need to go delve in for details. You're gonna pray. You're gonna ask God for healing. Just a short prayer. And then you're gonna see what's happened. And then you can practice a line of whatever the outcome You can put that into practice. If we can do it in here, church, we can do it out there. So please don't let anybody with a hand up be left on their own. If you've got a a hand up, just keep waving until someone comes to pray for you. This is, if you're not comfortable with this, that's absolutely fine. Just sit and keep responding. Jesus is at work in his house this morning. Pray with faith, the little faith that you might have, and rest in God. God, would you come? Come and bring healing. Lord, and 
as some of us are stepping out for the first time in praying for the sick. Lord, would you do something at its root level for us that we too would be men and women who know your power, know your authority in our lives to have this message of the kingdom and to see increasingly people made well in the name of Jesus and demons cast out in the name of Jesus. And God, if you want us to and you lead us to, to raising the dead in our day, Lord, we trust you. We thank you. We're desperate to see your glory come and lives transformed. through us and for your glory maybe you're watching online and you've got a symptoms and you're on your own just want to ask you to respond to him he's the healer why don't you ask him to heal you go through the process for yourself What do you want? And then ask the Savior to come and heal you. If you need to try something out in the room, try something out in the room. We don't mind. If you need to do a pirouette, we'll love it because you're putting faith into practice. You need to do a few squats. Do a few squats. Why not? And friends, if you have a measure of healing, or if you've been healed in this place today, then please come back next Sunday and tell us. Please tell somebody else. And then we'd love to tell the world that God is at work amongst his people. I think we're just going to soft close this morning. If you're online, thank you and goodbye. Lovely to have you. People are still praying. People are still putting this into practice, which I love. say goodbye and we're expectant of what the Father's going to do with us through this week. Go and sow seeds, be salt and light and see what the Father will do through you as you take steps of faith with him. Bless you and have a great week.